The following podcast is a Simpronto Media production. She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode. And I'm really excited to introduce my next guest. She is a traditional naturopath and she specializes in autism autoimmune and degenerative illness she's actually local she's based here in chesapeake virginia which is right in my hometown but she also works remotely with clients worldwide and teaches courses throughout the united states and the united kingdom so welcome jeanette huber Thank you. I was really happy to be on your show today, um, seeing as how you're local as well. It's very exciting. So tell us a little bit about your practice and what you do. Well, I'm a traditional naturopath, and what that means is that I work with um, more traditional systems of healing rooted throughout history in terms of just uh, how we eat with food, um, integrating herbs, working with um, water and elements of the earth, like energy, that sort of thing. Um, Lots of lifestyle practices that I'll help people implement into their lives, such as fasting and enemas, that kind of thing. So my practice here in Chesapeake is about that. People come in, we do health consultations. I usually spend a significant amount of time with them, about two to three hours. We go over their entire health history and then what we can do to build a protocol around healing them. Um, And then I also have a couple different therapies in my office where people can come in and do detox uh, through the sauna and I also have an ion cleanse foot bath. Awesome, so tell us about fasting. Do you do do intermittent fasting and talk about um, what hours you eat and what you suggest is like the best window for weight loss? well, for me, I, um, I'm a huge fan of dry fasting and the intermittent dry fasting. I started doing that a couple of years ago. I'd been a part of a fast called the master fast. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, mm-hmm. but I, um, had found out about it through a community I was in and I wasn't familiar with fasting at all at that time, but I learned about the dry fasting and typically, um, even though I don't do that particular fast anymore, the dry fasting element of it, I continue to do in my regular life. And it's not something I do every day. It's very much guided. So if I have a day where I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to carry through dry, um, then it'll typically start in the evening after dinner. And then I just maintain that fast into like the early afternoon. Um, I try to go about 18 hours ish if I do that, but more so lately, it's just been a matter of not eating first thing in the morning you know i'll eat some fruit later on as i'm hungry and then lunchtime early afternoon i'll have like a light meal and then a cooked dinner in the evening that's pretty standard for me (laughs) okay so talk about the benefits of dry fasting and why people want to do that well i was first told about water fasting um, when I was in naturopath school. That was something a lot of people were talking about. And I was like, oh, okay, you just drink water for a period of days. You don't eat anything. Um, At the time, I was like, oh, I can see how this would be very cleansing. Um, But still, it didn't really resonate with me. So when I discovered the dry fasting, that practice, um, that made a lot more sense because what it does is it condenses that 
healing period um, into a smaller amount of time. So you can make more headway into your fast if you're dry rather than consuming water. And it's just, you know, a matter of not eating or drinking. Um, some people do not even brush their teeth or bathe during that period. I'm not that strict. Um, we live right by the water, so our body's going to be pulling in water anyways from that. But with the dry, you know, you reach that point, um, that 16, 18 hour window of time where your body really just opens up the kidneys, starts breaking down old cellular debris and flushing it out through the kidneys um, once you reach that point. So that's why I like it. And it's very um, energizing for me. It brings me a lot more mental clarity. Um, you know, I had a very debilitating illness in my life for a significant <laughs> period of time, a lot of autoimmune disease. And so I'm free from that now. And I attribute fasting to that. It's not the only thing, but it's a part of it. That's awesome. And I think that one of the things that really is a benefit of dry fasting is reducing inflammation and skin benefits. Yeah. Um, because, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, so for example, um, you know, so you've heard of Ramadan, right? Mm -hmm, Where mm -hmm. they basically do a month of fasting. I was and, just thinking about that today. That's funny you said that. Yeah, because like for them, they really like like to do where you literally don't drink anything during the day and then you eat at night. I am a big fan of dry fasting only for like 18 hours. I'm not yeah. a big fan. Like I've, I've never even wanted to do like a three day dry fast or, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you, know, you see these different people trying to do it, but I do think doing an 18 hour dry fast makes sense. And you're, you're going to reap some benefits from it. So talk about for you personally, what did you feel like some of the benefits you had from that 18 hour dry fast? Um, well, I'm the same way as you. I kind of just like hitting that point. Um, and then I'm ready to, to bring something back in like tea, juice, light meal, that sort of thing. I have a lot of friends who got into the you know, 24, 36 hour, they go into multiple days of the dry. Um, I've done that. It's not something that I wanted to, you know, continue doing. Um, at one point, I felt like it was beneficial, but now I'm more of like the 18-hour kind of person. But yeah, absolutely. It, um, it is a healing practice, so it's not all going to be rainbows and sunshine. <laughs> like sometimes you do purge things out, even during a fast. You'll still urinate. You'll still have bowel movements. Um, you know, when I was really releasing a lot of toxicity from my body um, early in those early days, I would have periods during a fast where I would feel my heart rate go up or I'd have a lot of fatigue and it kind of bounce back and forth. Now that I'm on the other side of it, the fast is always, for the most part, um, very energizing for me. So I can just keep going through my work day, my daily life. Um, I don't have brain fog. I don't feel like I'm going to need to crash in the afternoon and take a nap, you know, at 2 p.m. or need a cup of coffee or anything like that. Um, it fuels me in a sense. And yeah, that aspect of reducing the inflammation is, is absolutely true. Um, I had a lot of widespread pain and um, neuropathy and all kinds of things going on in my body that I no longer have. Because the fasting essentially just takes a lot of stuff out of the way so your body can focus and just be like, all right, time to let go, time to take out the trash and clean house a little bit. 
um, and not have to worry about digesting a meal and instead put so much of that energy that goes towards digestion gets to be focused on something else. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, haven't really heard of dry fasting before, you know, I would say that the different levels of fasting, there's like the 16-8 dry fasting, which is basically, you know, 16 hours where you're not consuming any liquid at all. (laughs) Um, And then there is the 24, you know, dry fasting where you're saying, look, for 20 hours, I'm going to go for not having any food. Only for four hours, you're going to have food and liquid. And then there's the Ramadan fasting Mm -hmm. where they are just saying, look, we're going to go for 30 full days and they're going to abstain from food and drink. And they do it from dawn to sunset. And then when you do pro the prolonged dry fasting, that's prolonged dry fasting means you're doing that for more than 24 hours. So anything more than 24 hours would be kind of the, the prolonged. And like I said, after 24 hours, I'm just not a big, (laughs) big fan of it. (laughs) I'm a big fan of fasting, but not dry fasting for more than 24 hours. Yeah. And, um, I just, the Ramadan is interest. It's an interesting, um, thing to acknowledge there because the reason they do it is for spiritual practice, um, as well. And that's an element that has come in for me through fasting is just that higher awareness. Um, I see my life differently. I've been able to look at myself and things that I needed to change. Um, and just my whole experience here, you know, I just have a, a wider scope and how I look at it because when you are in that fasting space, Um, I feel like you see things that you don't see (laughs) uh, when you're eating and kind of in the mundane day-to-day stuff. Fasting does open us up to that higher awareness. Yeah, and I read a study one time about dry fasting that they did it with men and women, and they said that at the end they did it for – an entire month. They did it for Ramadan and they said that their serotonin levels were much higher at the end. Mm -hmm. Their um, BDNF, which is a protein found in the brain was higher. And so all these different tests they did at the end of that month, they were in so much better health from doing it. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating, and um, it's benefits for things like dementia, too. Have you read some of that research? No, I haven't. Um, yeah, reversing dementia with the intermittent fasting, it's, it's legitimate, and it's, it's fascinating. I actually had a podcast with one physician, and that's a very important part of her practice and integral piece is bringing in that dry fasting for her dementia patients. Um, I had kind of a, a similar little situation one of my dogs developed it and I started working with fasting him and we actually reversed his memory loss um wow yeah yeah it was really interesting and I was thankful for it too um because he was deaf and blind so once his memory started to go he no longer knew where he was in the house or who I was and so just by changing his feeding routine like he still ate he just wasn't eating as frequently um and yeah it, it brought him back to us Mm. (laughs) Now, let me ask you this. There are people who say that dry fasting has a like two to three times faster fat burning rate and that the increased autophagy is more when you're doing um, 
dry fasting. Mm -hmm. What is your opinion about that? Um, I don't know. I actually haven't looked too much into that, that side of the science. Um, you know, I, I'm one of those where I see all different types of people and they resonate with all different types of practices. Um, because I love the dry fasting, I'll talk about that. But um, every now and then I get folks who want to do it in an entirely different way. And I do, um, you know, let them take the lead and trust that they are following their own intuition. Um, I have a lot of people who've found significant healing through mono fruit fasting, which is just when you eat one type of fruit for a period of time. Um, there's juice fasting, you know, similar in the sense, um, the water, I'm hmm. not as big of a fan of, I feel like that does put a bit of a burden on the kidneys to a degree. Um, and the kidneys are so significant to how well our body can detoxify and, and move that lymphatic, um, get those old cells out that I really don't want to do anything that's going to be, you know, affecting their, their process. But um, yeah, the fruit, working with the fruits is interesting too, because that's a form of fasting as well. Hmm. And you're still consuming. So some people just resonate with that more. Mm. Are you familiar with that type? Just eating no. one type of, yeah. No, um, I'm not. And it, it's called a mono, mono fruit diet yeah. or mono fruit yeah. fasting. The reason, um, so you want to use specific types of fruit and they're going to be the ones that have a high water content. So because they're essentially astringent when they come into the body and they're cleansing the tissue. And those are going to be things like melons, watermelon, cantaloupe, uh, grapes. So red grapes are a little bit stronger of an astringent compared to white grapes, but either are good. Um, citruses. So I know some people that just do um, citrus, you know, oranges, fresh squeezed orange juice, and um, berries, but berries, you know, it's a little harder to eat them in bulk. Um, they're great for the brain, but if, you know, what I did personally was just eating watermelon. Mm, I love watermelon. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be ready for that one because watermelon is a medicine. Um, it's probably one of the most powerful uh, cleansing foods you can eat mm. because it comes in and it brings in a lot of alkalinity that we need. We, you know, we're we're rushing in life. Um, when we are eating, we're sometimes not eating the greatest things. Um, maybe we're stressed out. That cr produces a lot of acidity. And so to bring some balance there, when you get the more alkaline foods, um, that changes our chemistry and brings us a little bit more healing there. And the watermelon comes in and say you're just eating watermelon for the day, or it could just be a meal. Like mono fruit can be, I'm just going to eat this one type of food for the meal, or it can be, I'm just going to eat this one type of fruit for the day or for a series of days. It's really, you know, there's different ways to work with it. But the watermelon, I just cut it in half, eat it like a bowl of cereal. It gets to work. And what it does is it pulls um, congested lymph, like mucus, because when we eat things that we shouldn't, like dairy and sugar and stuff like that, it creates this mucus that the body's trying to do to, it produces to protect itself. Um, and that stuff gets kind of pushed into the tissue and clogs it up and um, watermelon comes in and it's like, all right, guys, we're going to come. It just starts draining it. And so um, I, I had one friend in particular who started uh, eating the watermelon and his nose started to run and he was just draining so much out of his sinuses. And he thought, oh, I don't want to eat this anymore. It's making me feel terrible. And I said, well, it's just doing what, it, you know, what it's meant to do they reveal it to us where our weaknesses are and sometimes it's not a comfortable process as it's moving out but um they're facilitators so 
Are you enjoying the summit and hearing all the great advice that you don't want to forget? Get the all access pass and get all the video presentations and the audio downloads of every single session. You can get the all access pass and listen to the summit all year long if you want. The best part is you get all of the transcripts so you can go back and read and see every little note that they talked about. Go to FastingResetSummit.com to get your all access pass today. Hey guys, Lauren here. Did you know Chantel just released her new book, Fasting of Freedom? The book is all about the benefits of fasting from a biblical perspective. You'll discover how you can see supernatural healing in your body. You will learn how to discern God's still small whisper to guide you and help you make decisions. You will also master utilizing God's power to overcome difficult times and receive a breakthrough when you are stuck. And you will see how fasting can help you gain victory over a nagging area of sin in your life. You can order your copy right now on Amazon or go to fastingoffreedom.com. Link is in the show notes. Hey guys, I just finished writing a quick little 20 page recipe book that has some of my most amazing smoothie recipes. Everyone that comes over is like, Chantel, you can turn a smoothie into gold. And so I'm sharing that with you free. It's got my tropical colada smoothie recipe, my extra super green smoothie that tastes delicious, and it's all for free. Go to ChantelRayWay.com slash smoothie for your free book. I've also developed my own product line. You'll be able to get all these multivitamins that I'm doing in one pill. Each nutrient is totally legit. All the formulas are tested and science-backed without any mystery additives. Personally, my thyroid is better. My skin is glowier. I have more energy. This supplement is vegan, non-GMO, gluten, and allergy-free. Go to ChantelRayWay.com slash supplements and check them out. Now back to the show. Well, the one fruit fast where you're sticking to one fruit during the duration of your fast, I would say the reason why probably that they would suggest that is because with fruit, some of them don't digest as well together because yeah. some of them are acid. Yeah. Some of them are sweet mm-hmm. fruits. So you've got some more alkaline fruits. You've got the, you know, more acidy fruits. So I'm assuming that the reason why they're saying do the one fruit fast is so that it's yeah. on the digestive system. It's easier. You know, they all, it's like you said, they all have that different um, frequency, that different like rate of um, how they're broken down in the body. So it's more work for us for our digestive tract when we've got grapes in there, you know, like fruit salad, you think of a typical fruit salad has cantaloupe and grapes in it and strawberries and pineapple and all of those things are digested at different rates. So especially the melon, the melon is so pre-digestible in a sense that when it's thrown in with other fruits, it starts to ferment. so you yeah, melons should that. be eaten by itself. Like melons, yeah. they say you should eat. If you're going to have watermelon, eat it by yourself. Like <laughs> eating citrus yeah. fruits and melons together um, mm-hmm. isn't as good of a combination. I know. It's so true. And think of how often that happens. You know, we eat so much of that stuff together, but it's true. The melons like to be at least 30 minutes apart from everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a powerhouse when you eat stuff like that by itself. I've even mono... Um, mealed with uh, or mono fruit fasted with cherries Mm. so when they're in season um, and being a stone fruit that works on stones in the body like gallstones and kidney stones and that kind of thing so for me I have a history of you know issues with my gallbladder when I eat just cherries all day I flush out a ton of gallstones 
Mm. It's really interesting. Yeah. And I love cherries, but I'm only drawn to them when they're in season. So, you know, and that's what we need to remember too, is to respect the, the seasons and, and when the fruit is, is ready for us to eat it and our body's ready for it and that kind of thing. That's, that's a great point. Let's talk about that for just a second. And I think the problem is, is like, you know, because we have every fruit available to us when we yeah. go to the grocery store, you know, we don't know what's in season or not because yeah. it's just all at the grocery store. So talk about that for just a second on what your tips are for that. Um, I mean, learning about the food you're eating is the most important thing. Um, we're here in Virginia, like obviously during the growing season, we have a tremendous amount of food that we can get locally, but you enter into the winter time and yeah, there's all kinds of stuff there in the produce section at the store. I do remember, you know, I do stay mindful of, um, when my favorites are going to come into season. So oranges, I'll have um, oranges from Florida. My aunt actually gives me oranges for Christmas every year. Um, lovely, lovely that I will just juice and eat until they're all gone. But it's a matter of just knowing your food and knowing when it's time. Um, of course, there's also frozen foods, which are captured at that peak of ripeness. Um, and you know, I'm not one of those that's always like eat frozen, but if it's a, it's a matter of not really knowing um, if what's sitting in front of you in the produce section is okay right now, you know, what's frozen is, is captured at that point where they have that peak nutrition. Um, and those make nice smoothies. Like my older son, he loves strawberries, a nice strawberry smoothie. So we'll do that for him sometimes. Awesome. And there is a website called seasonalfoodguide.org. Mm -hmm. And if you go there, you can actually put like what what state you're in and it'll say like you could put like in you know november and it'll tell you like apples asian pears yeah. basil <laughs> beets whatever's available at that time for your state um mm -hmm. is on there so that's kind of a, a cool thing that's, as well that's perfect yeah because i've been eating an apple every single day um the past week i was on a trip with one of my girlfriends to west virginia and as we were coming back we were driving through virginia and stopped at an orchard market their little farmer's market and got all these apples and um i actually ate my last one yesterday <laughs> but it was just you know so perfect because it just felt you know as soon as they come into season that's when our body needs it as how i look at it well, one of the things that I love that you said, um, and I really talk about that in my new video course that I just did, is that I've realized that, you know, when I asked you, what did you eat? If you really look at it, it's like you're kind of eating one meal and then you're eating like a tasting of food. Would you say mm -hmm. that that's kind of like you're having, you know, one big meal and then you're having one like kind of taste this, taste that, and kind of having that. Talk about that for yourself. Um, yeah, I mean, the one meal, the one big meal, that is really essential for me. Um, I like to have a cooked meal in the evenings, especially this time of year as it's getting colder and it's, you know, getting dark so early. Um, I find it to be very grounding for me. Um, I tend to have a lot of mental energy and I'm just kind of up in, up in my head a lot during the day and thinking and thinking and I have that grounding meal at the end of the day and it just roots me down. It feels so nice. Like um, last night I had a doll. It was like spinach and lentils. And I don't usually eat a lot of lentils, but I had them last night. And it was just so perfect. It just drew, drew me right down. And then I was better able to settle in for the evening. But throughout the day, yeah, the tasting. Um, 
you know, my relationship with the foods I eat, I'm very mindful of what they represent, um, not just nutritionally, but their energy and, you know, whatever message they're trying to convey, which I know sounds strange, but like apples, for example, um, I equate them with knowledge I'm an, and I'm in a place right now where I'm actually taking a course and I'm learning a lot of new things. And so I feel like that apple's representative of that too. Um, so that's like this whole other way of looking at what we eat. Um, mm. And I'm, a, I'm also a big salad person. <laughs> I, eat, I eat salads a lot, um, usually for lunch early in the afternoon. Awesome. Well, in my newest edition of my book, Waste Away, I talk about how people don't have to deprive themselves when it comes to food, but everyone needs to decide for themselves, what are their red light, yellow light, and green light foods? And so the red light and yellow light where you say red light's like, I just never eat this because I know I just am going to feel terrible when I do. And then yellow light's like, I'm not going to feel great, but I like it. So I'm going to have a little bit of it. (laughs) So what are those for you? Oh boy. Yeah. (laughs) They're the, they're tough ones. One of them, um, and it's hard to say which one is uh, red and which one's yellow because, um, you know, I went through this period where I was very strict about not eating these foods. And then I went into a space where I was like, oh, I can have a little bit and I'll be fine. And I was for an extended period and then it kind of caught up to me and um, gluten. So anything with gluten in it is, is not my friend. And I would probably say that's definitely more red light. Um, even though I've pushed my boundaries with that one, um, cause it tastes so good. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but, um, you know, I discovered when I was living with multiple sclerosis or, you know, what they called multiple sclerosis, I would definitely see within hours of eating wheat, gluten, um, bread products with all of that in it, I would have like a, a lot of numbness and tingling show up in my arms and my hands and my legs and my feet. Like there was no mistaking that correlation, mm. but, um, you know, there's so much just programming and conditioning with the, the gluten and all different types of food that it was, um, a hard thing for me to, to let go of until I reached this threshold. And I was like, really, I can't take it anymore. And obviously this is part of it. So it's something that, um, yeah, and my thyroid too, it was really critical to healing my thyroid that I stopped eating that. Um, and dairy is probably another one of those um, caught, that's more, that's red lightish too. Like I'll push it a little bit just because there's so many different types of dairy. Um, more like milky, creamy kind of stuff I stay away from completely, but every now and then a piece of like cheddar, harder, like aged cheese, I tend to tolerate a little bit better. But then, you know, if I go too far with that, then my skin will start to break out and I'll start to feel kind of gunky again. Um, so those are my two big ones, I would say. Awesome. They're, ta- they're taunting me. But yes, I'm they like, are. No. <laughs> well, I feel like the thing with gluten is the biggest thing I get is joint pain, like my joints. Yeah. That is the biggest thing. Like for me is my skin. I have some skin issues, but also literally the my joints start really hurting. So let's jump right into the listener questions. Um, This first one is from Charlotte in Milwaukee. My son is on the autism spectrum, but he's high functioning. I'm wondering if a certain diet might help his anxiety and meltdowns a little. Should I I try cutting out inflammatory foods and what? Um, Yes, because uh, there's some significant research out there now that we've seen that the diet does correlate to the behaviors in autism. Um, it's certainly not the only thing. And 
my son's story, you know, he had a profound change in behaviors when we removed the big guys. So the gluten and the dairy, and, you know, I talk about myself, but with my son, um, we pulled that out of his diet early on after his diagnosis and saw huge changes in his speech. He actually, you know, earlier had head speech. He lost it as he regressed into autism. We pull out the gluten, we pull out the dairy. He starts talking again. So, um, that was just, you know, obviously anecdotal and a lot of people will say that's all it is, but there's so many parents now that see that connection between the two that and his gut there was a lot going on there so he had fluctuated between severe constipation to diarrhea to constipation and um yeah you want to look at the inflammatory foods clearly um there's there's more there's going to be like corn and soy some of our kids don't do well with nuts um phenols which unfortunately are in a lot of like healthy foods like fruits and that kind of thing but um yeah, our children on the spectrum um, on the spectrum are very, very sensitive to their environment. They're sensitive to the foods. So you do want to look at that. He could be eating something that's contributing to those behaviors. But um, aside from that, there's other things. There's an environmental toxins um, like heavy metals. They can be an issue. We can have overgrowth of organisms such as candida, exposure to mold, um, underlying viral pieces um, that I see in a lot of kids. So um, an example of that would be like the Epstein-Barr virus, uh, that kind of thing. That can trigger behaviors. So there's a lot to look at. I don't want to make that be like a really overwhelming answer. So to say that about the foods, yes, I would look at the foods for him. All right, this next one is Sarah in Philadelphia. I have Hashimoto's and I really want to wean myself off thyroid meds. What can I do to heal my body naturally? Okay, <laughs> that's, a, um, that's a big question because when you're on a prescription drug, um, especially one that your life is, I mean, your, your body is depending on that to some extent. Um, in order to maintain certain functions, because regardless of where you are when you start taking the thyroid drug or whichever one it is, um, over time your body does become very dependent on that, and so it kind of takes away its own responsibility to ultimately heal that. Um, I think it's, in, it's such an important piece is just saying, I don't want to be dependent on this anymore, and knowing that you don't have to be, because I didn't know that for a long time. Um, my endocrinologist basically made it sound to me like I would die if I stopped taking it. Um, but I'm a very stubborn person, so I thought, you know, I'm studying natural health. I want to get to a point where I'm not having to take this drug every day, and I know that's possible. Um, but the most important piece is to understand that your prescribing physician really needs to have some awareness of what you're wanting to do, and they should be supportive of the fact that you want to get better and get off of it. Um, you know, everybody has a different story. Some people I work with, they don't even have their thyroid anymore. So it's about, you know, finding the, the healthiest way to maintain that, um, those levels in the body with supplementation. But um, to truly get off of it, yeah, you need to address what's causing inflammation in the body. So you want to look at diet. Um, detoxification was very powerful for me. So I believe that's a huge component of it. Um, just getting a lot of that um, old cellular waste and toxins moved out of the body so we can just open up these channels of communication within the tissues so it can um, heal and regenerate itself. And I worked a lot with um, herbs to support the thyroid and my other endocrine glands. So that's something you'd want to look into. And um, if you're not 
comfortable with that, definitely find a practitioner who can help you and guide you with that. Okay, awesome. But it is possible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, this is from Allison in Virginia Beach. I want to do a detox, but I don't know which one to try. I don't want to drink a bunch of sugary drinks. Any recommendations? Um, yeah, there are a lot of different ways to do it. And obviously, we've, we kind of touched on it already um, with the fasting. Um, and that's the cheapest way. Like that, that's yeah. the thing. People are like, well, I want to pay like all this money. Like, you know, some of these juice fast, they're having yeah. you drink six juices a day. It blows my mind. They're like, okay, take these six juices and you're going to spend $180 on these juices. And it's, I'm telling you, drink, doing a water fast or dry fast is way better than yeah. doing, spending $180 and you're saving money in your pocket. So everyone's yeah, like detox, detox, <laughs> detox. It's like, yeah, there it's, it can get a little misleading or I don't want to say misleading, but there's a lot of protocols out there. These, you know, huge kits you can buy. Um, I, I see so much value in working with, you know, um, obviously the fasting because that isn't costing you anything. Um, but then also the foods you're eating are going to be either, um, helping facilitate that detoxification process. So what I was talking about with like the watermelon and that kind of thing, like integrating those types of things into your diet. Um, and also, you know, something just to think about during detoxification, if you really want to get into it and dig, um, herbs are going to be our allies in that because herb, medicinal herbs are here. They, um, they, work on certain parts of the body. So you have herbs that just work on healing the heart. You have herbs that are improving um, mental function. You have herbs that are healing the digestive tract and ones that are supporting your kidneys and cleansing the liver and all of that. So um, that's what I do, like where I come in for people if they want to have the herbs to help assist because um, they're powerhouses in that. That's why they're here on earth. And um, when you have those come in, they can make a huge difference because I had one lady who had um, she'd been working to heal her thyroid. That was her main thing that she'd been doing. And, um, for two years she had been doing fasting. She'd been eating like all raw, eating all the fruits and vegetables, but she didn't have any herbs to support her. So she actually had got, she had all this mucus draining out of the tissues, but it was just like really slow to get out. It had actually plugged up her bowels and she was really full of all this stuff that she needed to get out. And, so we just put her on some herbs, um, ones to support all that stuff I just mentioned. Also some endocrine support too, because your glands do get a little taxed during the process. So you want to take care of them. And it was just a matter of weeks and she was feeling a lot better and she was able to move all that stuff out. So, awesome. um, yeah. And detox also, it doesn't need to be like, oh, I'm going to, you know, it's, Christmas holidays, New Year's. Okay, now I'm going to do a detox because I just had all this going on in my life, you know, and then, and then it's a singular event that you do. And then you go back to your regular life. Um, if you really want to take care of yourself, you just need to be kind of mindful of it day to day. And it doesn't mean like big detox protocol day to day, but it just means think about what you're bringing into your body, into your field, that kind of thing. Um, and see, is, is it fighting my healing process or is it supporting it? Awesome. Now on your website, I know you talk about a Reiki and I want you to kind of explain to people who don't know what Reiki is, is what is it exactly and why should someone do it? Well, Reiki is uh, 
this beautiful thing that we all have access to already. Um, it's not just this mysterious energy that uh, you have, you know, the classes are highly significant, but as living beings, we already have access to it. It's life force energy. So um, some people would equate it to our chi or our prana. Um, but yeah, people have it, children, animals, plants, we all have Reiki. And, and by that, I mean, we're able to draw this energy through us. Um, taking a Reiki class or when you meet someone who says, I do Reiki, I'm a Reiki therapist, I'm a Reiki master. This means that this person has um, attended a course and been certified in learning how to um, consciously work with the energy and direct it. Um, they're also a, a greater channel for the energy because uh, during a class, the teacher will perform a ceremony. Um, that's one way to look at it. It's a ceremony that just opens the student up into a wider channel to draw the energy through the body. So after a class, um, we'll have, you know, sensations of heat in the hands is one of the most noticeable things. And that's just that energy. It's just this nice loving energy that is mostly used to... Um, promote relaxation and reduce inflammation and pain in the body. It's a detoxifier as well. Um, really beautiful thing. And it's changed my life. So that's why. Awesome. It. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on today's show. Tell people where they can follow you and learn more about you. Okay. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm on a lot of things on social media. So my, well, my website is www.askalonnaturopathic.com. Um, you can go on there. You can learn about what I do. You can book an appointment that way. Um, I've got my class schedule on there for the Reiki classes that I teach. But um, what it doesn't say on there is I do private classes at my office too. Um, social media. So I'm on Instagram. Ask Alana Naturopath Naturopathic is on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. And I have a Pinterest page as well for the business. So there's a lot of neat stuff on there. Um, recipes, food stuff, teas, herbs, um, aromatherapy. I've got a section on fasting and enemas and I'm on Twitter a little bit, but not a whole lot. So awesome. Um, yeah. Hopefully there's some stuff people can check out there. Awesome. Well, thanks again for being on the show. And if you have a question that you want answered, go to questions at chantalrayway.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs> Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.